Hey, Wendy. Hey, Alana. <laughs> hey, Matt. Hey, how's it going? Great. It was very much like, I was just walking by and I just saw a podcast. So oh, I thought, I'd, I thought I'd sit down for the recording. I've always uh, wanted to be I've famous. I've always wanted to be famous. <laughs> I was just in the area. I was just doing my usual stroll past people with earbuds in near microphones. In my living room. <laughs> in my living room. And then I realized, well, yes, I would like to read a Kentucky Fried Chicken-centered novel. <laughs> Vienna Lana's podcast, Wendy Anna Lana's podcast. Get literary, get literary. Woo! Hello and welcome to Getting Lit, Alana and Wendy's totally excellent literary podcast. This is series one, season one, episode seven of our vaguely romance oh novel focused two person book club. I know, seven, right? <laughs> I get excited every time you say the. Because <laughs> it's more than four. It's, it's always more than four. My name is Alana, and I'm one of your hosts today. Also speaking is Wendy, who is one of our other hosts. Today we are discussing Tender Wings of Desire, a Colonel Sanders novella by Harland Sanders. No relation. No relation. And we have our... <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> and we have our special guest today, my husband... Coming from all the way from the other room to be in the podcast today, Matt. Hey, uh, normally I'm not allowed in here when you guys are taping, so this is pretty special for me. <laughs> You're allowed today. Yay! Yay. <laughs> normally I just play like Harry Potter, uh, you know, where I'm like in the other room pretending I don't exist. <laughs> oh, yeah. Do you lock him up in a closet? I, I do, I always, 100%. <laughs> that's, that's super special. The, the side effect, though, is that there's nobody today to run interference on the cats, so they, uh, oh, yeah. they're probably building weapons without any supervision. <laughs> right now, our cat is, like, making eye contact with us, like, I will find you. You will pay. Oh, yes. You will pay. Well, there's never in- anyone to um, run interference with my dog, so... If something happens, then it's kind of loud. Like, you know. We'll all know about it. Glass is on the ground. (laughs) And then it just, it makes a little clink. That's, we're going to know about it, yeah. So how are you doing today, Wendy? I'm great. How about you guys? We're pretty good. How about y'all? Y'all. Really? All y'all. Because I am in the South now. Oh, yeah. True. And and, uh, full disclosure, I was born and raised in North Carolina, so I am of the South. Oh, I'm not. <laughs> I'm neither in the South nor of the South um, to finish the, this triptych. Yeah, that, that that's good symmetry. <laughs> it's a triptych. We just it's need someone who is, is of the South and <laughs> in the South. south. And then we've got the four. Then we block, can four the four. Yeah, we got to work on that. <laughs> um, and we also, true fact, we went to KFC for lunch today. A little bit of background research. <laughs> when was the last time you went to KFC before that? Um, I think I went there probably when I was like eight or nine. <laughs> Look, that marketing is working. For me, it was about... <laughs> Mission accomplished. Three years ago, I, I saw that they had like some sort of like new buffet thing, and I was real interested mm-hmm. in it, and so I pulled into the parking lot, and then I felt too shameful, and then I pulled out of the parking lot. <laughs> <laughs> I had I had Chick-fil-A... I mean, sorry. Whoa. Chick-fil-A. Whoa. We I do not Chick-fil-A say that time. name on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I had KFC like maybe a couple of years ago. But around here, it's like there is like a fried chicken place on every corner, and you have like five different chains to to choose from. But also, you have like all these amazing like mom and pop places. Oh sure. So yeah, yeah, you do feel really bad if you go to KFC. <laughs> I'm not supporting anything. I'm not. <laughs> it's not really that great. <laughs> I did, I did take a picture of a sign while I was there. That's all the jobs that Harlan Sanders had before he ran KFC. And I would have to notice oh, awesome. that, that, you know, dashing sea captain was not one of them. So. 
He wasn't even a captain. He was a sailor. Yeah. I don't know. The way, uh, I guess, you know, like mild spoiler alert that <laughs> in the epilogue, I mean, it seems like he runs stuff if he can just like stand on deck and watch the sunset leisurely. <laughs> Is that what he did? <laughs> yeah. Plus he's able to, you know, like bring someone with him on the ship and that's fine. I would say that he's probably the captain. Due to your understanding of nautical leadership. I've read books that have been set on boats in the sea before, and you can't just, like, bring a plus one. Like, there, there's no RSVP structure. It's not a Caribbean cruise, you know? Right, exactly. <laughs> Except for when it is a Caribbean cruise. I haven't read any of those novels. Yeah, and this is a genre of novels I have not been part of. So, um, one of the first things we want to talk about is because my husband's on here, and we met in a vaguely literary way, because we met through National Novel Writing Month. True story. It was it was the exciting two thousand year of two thousand and eight. Yeah, National mm-hmm. Novel Writing Month two thousand and eight. Alana was running uh, the local group at the university that we went to and organized a carpool to the kickoff. And I needed a ride. And I had my parents' minivan. Had her parents' minivan. <laughs> um, so uh, she gave me a ride, and uh, we ended up sitting next to each other at the Denny's. And the first thing Alana ever said to me was, "Can you plug in my laptop?" And that's that's when I knew that I wanted to plug in this woman's laptop for the rest of my life. Oh my god! It's very it's really funny because also Matt asked if he could plug in my laptop before we started this podcast. It's true. That's true, true too. Um, <laughs> oh, and you're still doing yeah, it. Yeah, our this first is like, like the notebook for nerds. Yeah, our first like twenty <laughs> dates were basically like typing furiously onto our laptops within sight of each other. Yeah, so not talking to each other. <laughs> that is that is nerd paradise right there. <laughs> not talking to each other, looking at your own screen. You know, doing doing stuff like actually we talked like, to each other because we coordinated to prank your roommate yeah we coordinated that was we were we were not dating at this point but we um matt had just come from the south and we were living in seattle and he wears a ring on his on his non like on my right hand on his right hand and we decided <laughs> to run a prank on my roommate at the time who was also in NaNoWriMo where he just swept that ring over to his other hand. On and my so, ring finger, so then it looked like a wedding ring. Yeah, and then he started talking about his girl back home. Because um, he was from the South. <laughs> from North Carolina. It could happen. And, uh, yeah, and then and then she, she was quite offended when uh, she's like, I don't like the way he flirts with you since he's married. <laughs> she fell for it, like, so hard. I should probably see if she still remembers that because I think it it worked a little bit too well at the time. <laughs> so so what are you drinking? What are you drinking, Wendy? Um, I made up a drink made of stuff that I had in my house. Yeah, and that was the last of my gin, some uh, vermouth, uh, Soda Stream water. And um, some like syrup from the soda stream that was lemon lime flavored. So it was it was pretty tart at the beginning, but mm. it sounds kind of um, nice. It's kind better. of refreshing. It was refreshing. I drank. I already it. drank it. I made two different drinks. That I got a little mini bucket. I, what KFC is Go Cup. A KFC Go Cup. <laughs> it's it's basically it's a small like four inch tall plastic cup that they fill with chicken and potato wedges and it has a natural berry in the middle. Oh my god! So I'm created <laughs> since since and it's it's like and I call it wing of my desire wings of my desire because wings have two. All right, yeah, two yeah, wings. and there's two sides oh. to the cup. Yeah, and there's two sides, and yep. one of them is called Sweet Harland, and its base is three quarters of a cup sweet tea from KFC. And then mm-hmm. a, a shot of simple syrup, a shot of lemon juice, and a shot of scotch. It's very nice. <laughs> it's very good. And then the other half is called My Dearest Madeline, and it's like Dearest like Darjeeling. And uh, so there's two shots of gin, um, a sh- one shot of simple syrup, a shot of lime, and four shots, which is I think about a quarter cup of Darjeeling tea. It's a half cup, yeah. Um, and then as you drink it, the two side, the two tea things 
come together. They mix together. They if mix you drink together. Right the oh, fancy. Yeah. Like, because, <laughs> like a beautiful symphony. Like right. a beautiful sympathy. And you're supposed to garnish with a little bit of chicken. <laughs> of course. Alana went all out on this drink, and she let me have some of it. It's really good. Yeah, I really did not expect this to be as good as it is. But if it's... I drank that at a restaurant, I I'd pay ten dollars. Yeah, it's like it's, it's both refreshing and like it has like the little hint of the Darjeeling with the sweetness of the sweet tea. Like it's really it's really quite nice. I mean, and both of the drinks as I made them were really nice. Like it's, it's a win. Yeah, it's a win for sure. For sure. That's great. Yeah. I feel like making a podcast is your entryway into winning your job as a librarian and becoming a mixologist. Mm. <laughs> Podcaster mixologist. Podcaster mixologist. Just you just ha- wear so many hats, Alana. Um, and Matt is drinking. I'm drinking uh, what I like to call KFC water, <laughs> which is um, water from the drink fountain in a KFC cup. Um, and it is very hydrating. Excellent. <laughs> oh my god, I heard the hydration. Right. I your listeners are gonna be hydrated just listening to me be hydrated. I mean one of the many benefits of listening. <laughs> one of the many benefits. Good for your health. Good for your health. Let's move on. Wendy, you have prepared a important rant for us today along the same <laughs> okay. health related benefits. Which includes awareness, right? <laughs> so, so Wendy, you have prepared a rant for us today involving romance heroes. You know, the dating world is full of ups and downs. Amen, sister. <laughs> and so I've prepared a few things um, of signs that you're dating a romance hero. Um, because it might be confusing out there, all you ladies, you know, swiping, swiping right on Tinder <laughs> and suddenly you're like... For some reason, hanging out with a dude that just, like, doesn't like to go out into the light. And he, like, talks about you being your soulmate. One minute you're, you're, you're hanging out with guys named Glenn. And then the next minute you're hanging out in Glenn's. <laughs> that is a slippery slope. Because Glenn's have water features normally. They're like marshlands, so. <laughs> That's so ridiculous. If they have, like, ridiculously long eyelashes, every romance hero has ridiculously long eyelashes. And and then you, like, look at them while they're sleeping, and then you realize that they're not really that hard. Like, they once were innocent, too. Like, that's a good sign. Wisdom. Also, if you guys are having, like, trouble communicating, and he seems a little bit angsty, if you find a mysterious box that says, do not open, and then you open it, and it explains point by point every single one of his issues, Mm. (laughs) there's a chance that you're dating a romance hero. (laughs) I especially like the first part of that with the problems communicating, because that crosses genres. That happens in the movies, too. Yeah, it's just... So many problems. So angsty. Gotta get that angst. Also, if he if he does a lot of, uh, you don't need to know that. I'll tell you later. What we're gonna do is, but we you don't need to know. <laughs> That's what heroes do all the time. Oh my god, I would never want to be that. Just fucking tell me. How long does it take for you to say, yes, we're gonna go fight zombies because zombies exist. Like, that's that's just a sentence. Anyone who's like, you find out like that they're any sort of royalty, like suddenly. Oh, surprise ro- royalty. Yeah. That happens all the time. If they're poor and then the only reason they're poor is because they're faking it because they're secretly rich. See, that's something that if I was a prince, I would tell you about it. Like that would be the first thing you'd That'd be my opening line. It'd be like, hey, hey, I have a lot of money. I have a lot of money. So what do you say <laughs> you and me? <laughs> Go spend that money. There's never any, like, poor dudes. There's just, like, rich people and then rich people that are pretending to be poor. There's no, just a fun game. boring poor people, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> For me, a sign would be uh, if anyone ever gives you uh, a knowing wink and a smile. I mean, people don't, <laughs> don't do that in yeah, real life. That's not that's a real thing winking. that happens. So much winking. I mean, although sometimes so people wink winking. at you on the bus, but that's a different... 
Like that's yeah, that's um <laughs> yeah, a little bit a stranger danger. Right. Yeah. I you know my grandpa used to wink at me and it kind of scared me as a little kid. You're like, how do you do that thing where you only close one eye at a time? Ah. Yeah. Also, if 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 someone ever says. Come with me if you want to stay alive. Don't go with that oh, guy. Yeah. Well, but I mean, like, yeah. the Terminator movies aren't romances. I mean... Well, maybe not for they're you. They're totally romance. They are 100% romance. Yeah. yeah. I I watched that and I was like, this is romance. I mean, I agree that it's, it's romance, but they're not romances. Mm. <laughs> Though, it's, it's probably going to be good for news for you if you find out you're dating a romance hero because... That means that you're a romance novel protagonist. So things are probably going to go pretty good for you. So, you know, pat yourself on the back in that situation. Good thing that you will be blissfully happy for the rest of your life Mm -hmm. with no concept of ever having hardship again. That's that's pretty good. That would be fun. Yeah. Yeah. You know you're dating a romance hero when um, his family members come up and try to explain him to you uh-huh. and then put hilarious hijinks on you and him where you are <laughs> thrown together by some strange reason. I was thinking like their brother comes up to you and like, you guys need to get in the cellar right now. It's an emergency. There's no time to explain. And then mm-hmm. you guys get locked in the cellar and then, you know, that, that sounds romantic, I think. I think I've actually read that book. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> There's no time to explain. There's always time to explain. He looked at her for a long moment. I love how everybody's staring at each other for long moments. Stop staring at each other for long moments. (laughs) Yeah, no one ever does that. So we're going to move on to our featured book today, which is the main event. Um, A book we've been trying to read for a while and that we finally read this time. Tender Wings of Desire. Mm -hmm. Um, A Harland, a Colonel Sanders novella. So technically not a novel, which would make sense. So I guess the question is, what'd you think, Wendy? Well, we're going to hear the, the story of how it came to be first, right? Like, oh. I, I'm pretty sure that Matt, like, went through all these, like, he, like, broke into, you know, <laughs> the Pentagon. So I guess, like, for, for our listeners who are unfamiliar with the story... Um, on Mother's Day, uh, Amazon released the, the book, uh, the ebook form for free for anyone. Um, you know, like for all the mothers out there, they said. <laughs> and uh, less than three weeks later, we were looking for it to download it, and it was already gone. It was taken completely off the internet. It was off Amazon. It was off iTunes. Like, there was just nowhere to get it anymore. So I uh, began sleuthing. And I looked all over the internet, uh, went to websites that I'm pretty sure I got viruses from. Uh, I clicked links that said download the ebook, and I did not get the ebook from them. A lot of trickery and chinchannery. Um, eventually, I just opened it up to uh, this community that I'm part of that uh, shares uh, various media in uh, various gray legal areas. And um, I put up the request can anyone find this? And eventually someone was able to find it. It was great. And we're all happier for it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Alana texted me and she was like, he couldn't find her, find it. And then the next text was, now he must go deeper. The <laughs> <laughs> black internet. <laughs> and then it was like, in my head, like Mission Impossible started happening. And you were like, <laughs> you know, coming through like, Laser beams and that kind of stuff. Pew, pew. Oh. <laughs> yeah, it's fantastic. You're quite heroic yourself. Matt. Thanks. <laughs> Thank you. So this is a so this is a kind of unusual book for us because um, since it is the first book that is distributed by Yum Brands, I think that we've ever read. So. and may it not be the last our first first book with a mascot (laughs) (laughs) I was complaining about it and then um, my friend goes "Uh, yeah it's so it's so awful that the love story between a character and a mascot (laughs) is unrealistic (laughs) I was like shut up I have to say, I thought that fried chicken was going to play a much larger role in this novel than it ended up. Oh my god, up. yeah. No chicken at all. That Not was even probably the, word the biggest chicken. disappointment. Yeah. They don't even eat chicken like in passing reference. Yeah. There's Doesn't something. he have a chicken empire? He just says that it's a restaurant empire. Yeah, he has a restaurant industry. Oh. 
damn it. And the wings are like the wings of a dove or some sort of thing. Like, Yeah, I really did <laughs> think that there would be more fried chicken in this novel. Like maybe he had an odor about him that she couldn't quite place. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this could have been... This could have been a lot of great stuff. I think I think my, my problem with this novel is not that it was bad, but that it wasn't bad enough. You mm. know? True. Like I felt like when you go upon the process of using the pen name of a of a, you know, restaurant franchise um, mascot and then you mm-hmm. you you should just like go you should just take that all the way, right? Bounce the wall, man. Yeah, like I was expecting something so bad. So bad. Although it was very tropey, um, to give you an idea, on page five, I wrote down this prediction for how I thought the novel was going to go. On page five, prediction, Maddie runs away, falls in love with Colonel Sanders, and Vicky ends up marrying Duke Reginald. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I also yeah, thought that he, was going to happen. That was coming. Yeah, I feel like this book was written really quickly because hmm. it, it takes a while to get started. And it doesn't really seem to have any idea what's going on, and which is fine. But I, I feel like if we, if it, if somebody sat down to make it even more ridiculous, that would be like more time than they wanted to put in. Because most of it, like we didn't even get to Colonel Sanders until like fifty percent. Yeah. Well, I felt like it was just so badly plotted, right? Like, mm-hmm. like the pace was just incredible and so when the when the actual like romance part started i felt like it skipped a couple of a couple of vital romance novel tropes in the interim right and we we missed out on some of it you know like their uh prolonged separation before reuniting i mean that's an important you know part of the story that they just didn't have time for <laughs> mm-hmm. don't you don't you guys feel like the romance part of this romance novel was surprisingly incredibly short because we spend a lot of time on her backstory learning nothing i i (laughs) i think you're asking the wrong two people wendy i mean i told you we fell in love when when alana asked me to plug in our laptops (laughs) yeah that's true well i also thought it was a little strange that they built up the character of the brother so much and then he never came back um yeah which i thought was a little strange but also, like, it felt a little bit like it might have been written by a 10-year-old. And here's why. <laughs> because, okay. like, I mean, so they, they, all they do is kiss. And lay in bed. And lay in oh bed together. God. And then they kiss yeah. some more. And she's very ashamed of all of her kisses. But and then and there's no allusion to the idea that they would do anything more than kiss. Because I think that the person who wrote this book might not know where babies come from. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I was I was asking that myself, like, how far are they going to go? Because um, you guys remember this is a romance, right? Like, most romances have at least one specifically graphically worded sex scene. And are we going to do that? Are we really going to do that, KFC? Just putting out a sex scene about their own mascot slash founder? No. Oh, yeah, like, are we going to learn about, like, was no. Marlon Sanders' I'm so disappointed. Shaft, right? Like... Is that going to happen? I mean, I could... Throbbing member. Right. I, mean, I, I imagine it's very girthy, but I have to continue to imagine it because they didn't tell me. Yeah. Yeah. What a shame. I know. It's such a missed opportunity for some, you know, porn. To really flush on. out this mascot more than they already have done yeah, so. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Emphasis on the flush. <laughs> <laughs> I was also like, do I want it, though? Because <laughs> it is Colonel Sanders. Like, I mean, he's not, like, the most attractive mascot ever. Hmm. But, oh, or Matt, Matt digs it, so <laughs> we could, I, I'll, I'll go for it if you go for it. I, I don't mind him. I mean, you know, he's, he's got those sophisticated glasses <laughs> mm-hmm. and wears a bow tie. I yeah, I meant the the one in the pictures, but I have the beginning of when he shows up for the first time and they explain him. If you guys want to hear it. Yeah, go ahead. At this point I was like, "Oh, fucking finally." <laughs> <laughs> this is 46% in. He was tall, dressed like a sailor in a striped linen shirt and woolen peacoat crusted with sea salt. 
His hair was light and fair, framing his head in airy curls, and the eyes that stared back at her were almost the exact color of the sea, perhaps darker, but not by much, and they hid behind glasses with dark frames. Madeline had never seen a sailor wear glasses before. Somehow it made him seem all the more handsome. <laughs> what is that? I mean, that's a that's an observation that we hear twice more later in the novel, is that, you know, oh, nobody's yeah. ever seen a sailor with glasses before. Yeah, he has glasses on. So we can assume that if, like, one of his uh, mates had, like, stole his glasses off his face and walked into that tavern before him, that's who she would have fallen <laughs> in love with. <laughs> that's the subplot. Yeah. There's, like, four Colonel Sanders wandering around. <laughs> yeah, that's that's another thing that shows that it was just written really quickly and nobody really cared what it ended. <laughs> what I want to know is the person the person who wrote this, do they actually like romance novels? Or are they making fun of well, romance novels? I don't know. It felt very wholehearted in that it was surprisingly a Regency novel romance, right? Like, which I had not yeah. expected. I expected very much a... Uh, southern romance based on you know no. the fandom in which it was part of i have to agree with alana's earlier analysis that the writer might be 10 years old though <laughs> just because of like some of some of the dialogue was very unnatural for example where she's very like um, call me madeline and then uh, he's like then you must call me reginald and she says <laughs> all right like that's literally how she responds uh, to this. all right yeah yeah i feel like I feel like somebody who reads Regency would have a better grasp of, like, the sentences that people make in Regency romances and novels. Like, stuck out in her brain? That's that's the thing that you said? Stuck out in her brain? That sounds like as old as 1990. Yeah, Matt was annoyed that they used the term teenager. <laughs> yeah, they, uh, she describes herself as a teenager, teenager. And I looked it up. Teenager was not a word until the 1920s. A lot of a lot of things are not. Oh, and also at one point uh, he says loads of lucky boys. Uh, right. <laughs> That's not great. That's not great. Oh, uh, there was also this great this great interchange. That is where I was, by the way. He added at sea. Um, Madeline required eloquently. She felt like kicking herself after every syllable she spoke. I promise, I'll be a complete gentleman. Something in her nope. gave. And you're like, you're like, what the fuck is going on? Listen, he promised and you can't, He's creepy. You can't break a promise. Yeah. He offered her the crook of his arm and she took it. Her heart almost exploding with delight and anticipation as her skin touched him. What was wrong with her? We were asking ourselves that as well. We were also. <laughs> she's, she's a YA. Yeah. She's not Regency. Yeah. All that like, oh, I'm so clumsy bullshit. Mm. <laughs> Let's back up here, though, because we should we should tell the audience the actual plot of this. Okay. Could you tell me as well? <laughs> you, uh... <laughs> I mean, it's it's not like great. Um, so Madeline is about to marry a duke, and she decides, "Fuck that! I don't want to do that. I want to go anywhere else." Really? That's your plan? That's what you're gonna do? Just run away and go anywhere else? So. It doesn't go great. She ends up in a tavern, and she's working at a tavern, and she's like, this is so much better, <laughs> which also doesn't make sense. I like smelly I mean, drunk fishermen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> also, it's like, you know, it's like kind of like volunteerism or something, you know, like, I'm just going to go work with the salt of the earth, you know, <laughs> like, yeah, we have to fucking work really hard at these jobs, so thanks for doing it on a lark <laughs> so she lives in the tavern nothing bad happens to her which is also surprising she me makes a new friend she has some teenage boy quote-unquote teenager who um who has a crush on her who i thought was gonna be evil did you guys think he was gonna he be was evil? evil he withheld a letter from her that wasn't addressed to her and it was confusing that was so weird yeah that was pretty evil. Yeah. No, it was trying to be evil, but it was just like, it didn't really, she didn't realize it was evil, you know? He he holds on a letter of Harland. Uh, she, meets, she meets Harland 
they call him by his first name, which is really weird. (laughs) (laughs) And um, he's a sailor, and he comes in and out of port and is really dashing. She's just excited about him. And then um, there's a tale of woe between her and her friend of, like, don't sleep with any of these guys. And then she was like, okay, I won't. And then she did. I mean, if I had a nickel for every time... But she literally just slept with him. Like, I... Like, there wasn't actually... She warned her before about, like, those kinds of men. But I'm not entirely sure anyone actually had sex. Yeah, but, like, didn't they? Like... (laughs) I mean, come on. You put your put yourself in Colonel Sanders' shoes. You're in bed with this beautiful, you know, girl that you both love each other. How could you not? Your chicken empire is miles away. Right. You're not yeah. thinking about that. And, well, because at this point we had the the grand admission from Harlan that he is not who he seems, but rather a fabulously rich American from across the water. And then they run yeah. away together, and then her sister marries the duke. Yeah, and there's and how she finds out he doesn't tell her. It's in he, the she, yeah. The teenage boy gives her a letter that he shouldn't have. How did he get it? Why? Why did he think that she would be interested in it? To whom it may concern. Yeah, to whom it may concern. <laughs> also, there was nothing wrong. Open that letter. It could have been. I'm married. I have children. I have. A woman at every port that I have sleepovers with. I mean, basically the letter, like... (laughs) I have a disease. Confirms what Kiva already told her the first time she meets Harlan, which is that, like, he's not sailing because he needs the money. Yeah. Yeah. And so she's so betrayed. She finds him on a cliff and and she's like, she's like, I know who you are, Colonel. (laughs) Mm. (laughs) Which is... Fantastic. <laughs> colonel. And then there's that great then, line, yes, I'm a colonel. Yes, I'm fabulously rich. Yes, I am the magnet of, a, of the restaurant industry, my dear, the king of an empire that I built with my bare hands. I took a sabbatical <laughs> from my duties in order to see the world, see what could possibly be out there on the course of my journey. I found what I was looking for. I found you, Madeline. Uh, I wanted to tell you, but you... But when they told you why you ran away, I couldn't bring myself to tell you. How could I, knowing that I might drive you away? (laughs) And then she does say, lying wouldn't fix that. Lying only makes things worse. Oh, and there's the moral of the story. Now you know. You know everything. But I'm going to run away with you anyway. There's this whole, like... Moment she where she, she turns around <laughs> to leave, and then she like consults her heart, and then she turns around again, and she runs into his arms. I think she turns so back ridiculous. and forth like three times. I mean, like put a dynamo on this girl. <laughs> it will also, <laughs> well, also like she says one word, one word, and then he's like not gonna say anything, and I'm like, really, you're gonna run away because he didn't say her name as you're walking away. I mean, that part was pretty realistic to me, you know? Like, you just, like, put your entire fate on, you know, like, random action. Like, that makes sense to yeah, me. Yeah, yeah. Like, I'm often thinking, like, yeah. Matt, if Matt doesn't say my name as I walk out the door, I'm never coming back again. If Alana pours an odd number of ounces into that measuring cup, like, our relationship <laughs> is done. Like, that's just... <laughs> that's just how, how it works. That's how we live. That's the game you play when you are a rich colonel, um, you know, slash pirate. That's me. Um... Yeah, she should just walk around with a magic eight ball. That's pretty much the same yeah. same thing. Try again later. Do a two-faced style Try with a coin. Yeah. <laughs> Do you love me, Madeline? All right. And that's Hold two out of three. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was, it was weird. It was a little weird. I mean, I, there wasn't anything that like offensive about this novel. Like, I mean, I thought it would be rapier than it was. Like, cause it was definitely going that way, um, but then again, like nothing really happens. Like people just kiss, um, but yeah. it's Madeline that makes the first move, which they make a big the deal. The <laughs> and for like no reason, for no particular like, she's reason, like, she's like, "I'm gonna do it. I'm just gonna smack my lips on that." Boy. It's really confusing to me because. The reason that she runs away from home in the first place is because she feels trapped by norms and standards. 
you know, that she voluntarily subjects herself to. And then all of a sudden she is, quote unquote, a liberated woman and, you know, is fine, like having a man in her room overnight. And like, that is some serious character transformation. Yeah. Balls to the wall. Really. I mean, it. yeah, it doesn't make any sense. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> she has no motivation. Also, who does that in Regency novels? Like, they just like shack up for a month or so. I, you know, it, it it also just doesn't make sense because like, if she was feeling so stifled, you know, under her parents' rule, and you know, like she had to do what they told her. I mean, running away is way worse than just saying I can't go through with this marriage. Like she she mentions yeah. very briefly in passing the scandal it'll cause. And I'm like, that scandal will haunt your family for the rest of their lives. Yeah. She could have just said no. Yeah, she could have just said no. just not shown up. Slept through it. Something like that. Burst into tears at the altar. Also, I'm not quite sure about her because she also says how she feels. I do not know. I think I'm falling ill or something of that sort. Earlier I felt hot and cold. I'm like, you have a fever, dude. Like, maybe she has consumption, and that explains a lot of her behavior later in the novel. I mean, she was like, she's been sleeping in a lot of weird places. It would not be unusual for her to catch something at one of these inns. Yeah, her heart's a flutter, probably because she's like, you know. Drinking weird water. Yeah. (laughs) You know, if we diagnosed every single romance heroine (laughs) who doesn't have a good enough reason, (laughs) there'd be a lot of sick romance heroine (laughs) (laughs) oh man that's just yeah there was a part where like she was like i know this is gonna make a big scandal for my family but i'm gonna do it anyway and i was like you're such a bitch (laughs) it's just gonna ruin your sister's life yeah like this is wants to get married just don't marry the duke like just tell him how you feel you know like Man, like, you know, like, everyone's cool with it. He seemed like a nice guy. He seemed like a nice guy. (laughs) All you have to do is say, I think that you're a really nice guy, but I don't think we're right for each other, and then... I love you, but I'm not in love with you, but good for you. There's my equally eligible sister. Yeah, or just do a little switcheroo. He probably won't even know. That's the other thing, right? I mean, like, if they hadn't really had any interactions, they could have just set past Victoria off as the older sister, and be like, she's a little underdeveloped for her age, but... (laughs) I felt like it was a romance novel that was written by someone who had heard what a romance novel was. Like, yeah, that's like, that's a question that I thought of a lot. Yeah, like, like I mean, it has a lot of the elements of a romance novel, and it does have a lot of the tropes. Like, it's got a duke in it, it's got some countryside, it's got a mysterious um, romantic hero, it's got mm-hmm. um, a romantic trip up into the cliffs, kind of Wuthering Heights style. Mm-hmm. Um... You know, it's got um, some side romances that are kind of undeveloped, right? Because there's also the innkeeper and the main oh, barmaiden. They got. Some... I was so much more interested in them. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, like, if they had a relationship that spans, like, before the novel starts, if anything was going to happen, I feel like it would have been then, you know? Yeah, but they only... Like, she only knows them for a week or something. Yeah. Like... <laughs> Is it more believable that she hops in a sack? It hops in the sack with this guy after two days and one conversation. If I met Colonel Sanders, I'd probably be in the sack with him within two days. He does make some good chicken. Uh, I wonder what other things he makes really good. <laughs> I'm just in it for the chicken. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, I have you ever like another thing I thought of was. Um, you know when you're writing a character and you hope that maybe their character will develop a character the more you write a scene for them, but they just keep on being like terribly, terribly bland and you just keep writing. Mm -hmm. And then you submit your, (laughs) your writing to KFC. (laughs) Yeah, I've I've done that. (laughs) No, but I mean, like real talk, like the way that like, um... They explained it to me like when I was doing my first national novel writing month with Alana is you should create a character that has character and then just see how what happens to them. Like let them dictate where mm-hmm. they're going and what they're doing. 
you know, which is the yeah. opposite of what happened in this story. <laughs> yeah. I think it's a guy who wrote this. What do you guys think? I think it's a guy. I still think it's a 10-year-old it girl. Says, it says Colonel Sanders on it, so I think that's, you know. No, if I, I you know, like, it could be like I, a J.K. I Ron. totally think whoever okayed this was a guy, <laughs> I think. They were like, that's brilliant. I don't care to read it. Although. I'm not going to read it. I will say like real talk, right? Okay. So like at the beginning of the novel, like Madeline like realizes that she can't marry Reginald because like she doesn't love him. She doesn't like feel butterflies or passion or anything. But we learn later that sort of the reason she thinks that she is supposed to feel those things is because she's been reading her maid's romance novels. And that's like informed her of what an ideal relationship is supposed to be. Like that's oh god right. I mean, like that. That's I don't know. It's not very that's, charitable. That's a pretty good trope. This is a usual trope in romance novels is that romance novels often read other romance. Yeah, well, like the idea of because they have to respond to the trope at the same time so that you can understand that they're not the trope, right? Like, mm-hmm. like you th- you think right now I'm going to sweep you off your feet, but that would be incorrect because anyway. So they have to have some understanding of it. Um. Also, it allows you to make kind of romance novel inside jokes. Or you could just do everything that a romance novel is supposed to do because you wrote, read it, which is what happened here. Yeah. Yeah. Because <laughs> he really just like goes down the line. <laughs> but like her parents were kind of nice, you know, like the mom was just like clueless, but not very mean. Yeah. And the Duke was kind of nice. I don't know. Her mom was a little mean. Like, she wouldn't let them eat candy. I mean, what kind of mother doesn't mm. let her kids eat candy? Also, I don't think saltwater taffy is of the period, too. Mm, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> when I saw them, like, talking about saltwater taffy, I was like, I think that's like a U.S. seaside town thing. Let's talk about what period this is. Yeah. Okay, so. What is it? If, we, if we're. Oh, Matt has a Matt has a theory. Well, I'm just saying, if, the, if we're using. The information, as if it is 100% accurate and factual, they say teenager, which, like I said, 1920s. At which point, there should be some electricity somewhere in this novel. Mm-hmm. Um, they also use the phrase running away to the circus, um, which the first written instance that I could find online was in the 1890s. <laughs> I love that you're looking this up. <laughs> um, I'm going to look up right now Colonel Sanders. Oh, yeah. Oh, here's another thing. Colonel Sanders, he does have a brother. In the novel, uh, the brother who writes him a letter is named David, but his brother's actual name is Clarence. How hard would it have been for the person who wrote this novel to have looked that up? <laughs> also, Clarence. What a great name for a Regency novel. Yes. Okay. So- Clarence. Yeah. Oh, perfect. So he was born in 1890. So if we said it in the in the 20s when the word teenager originates... I mean, he would have been maybe, about 30. Yeah, maybe she's she's more meticulously... Uh, it's just a really untechnologied town. <laughs> yeah. It takes- and she, like, goes to America and she sees all these, like, flapper girls. And she's like, <laughs> what is this place? <laughs> yeah. It's- what are those magical lights? <laughs> Although he doesn't begin to build his chicken empire until he's in his 50s. So, hmm. what do you think, Wendy? Well, I have a problem with it because... <laughs> Surprise! <laughs> yeah, who would have thought? Um, uh, okay, so if we're going to go by Regency, Regency is like 18, you know, if romance novel Regency is like roughly 1810 to 1840, you know, and then, and then there's like a whole bunch of historical that's Victorian and a whole bunch of historical that's pre-Regency, you know. Um, but there's... But that would kind of make sense. Like, I don't remember any talk about her clothes, but it's probably around the 1830 area. Which is kind of, like, awkward because it is antebellum. And she would be going to pre-Civil War South if she does. Yep. Mm. Which means that that yeah. chicken empire that you have will probably die. <laughs> <laughs> and or was built on the backs of slaves. 
Yeah, and or mostly and mostly and. <laughs> um, We've also and then, uncovered something, which is actually Colonel Sanders is from Indiana. Really? Yeah, no way. We're in Indiana. Anyway, it was just funny. It's fantastic. Yeah, is he going back to Kentucky? I don't think they even mentioned that. I don't think they they're did. on a boat and they're they're headed they're headed somewhere on the boat. Yeah. She's spending a You're lot of time on the boat. to Kentucky, that landlocked state. You can get to <laughs> Kentucky by boat. It's just, uh, you gotta put the boat up on wheels. And you get, you know. Yeah, North Corbin, Kentucky. I mean, Kentucky. he's an innovator, so I'm yeah. sure he'll figure it out. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure that's yeah. one of his many other talents. There's a, there's a few romance novels out there that are antebellum south. And I just can't get myself to, yeah. to touch it. Because it's just so... It's so awkward. This is why I spend a lot of time on Regency in England because there's not a lot of slaves over there. <laughs> uh, um, but like, also, I've noticed that the ones that are antebellum South are almost always Christian as well. But the sneak Christian, where they don't really mention it until you read the author, and they're like, "She loves to write inspirational stuff," and you're like, "Oh, inspirational." The code word for Christian. <laughs> so. Maybe that should be one of your future romance novels is a Christian romance novel. We did. We read a Christian romance novel. We did. No, I mean like a really Christian romance novel where like Jesus is the love. <laughs> <laughs> Are you questioning that the Rome, that Amish uh, vampires in space wasn't Christian enough? I. It was pretty Christian. It's pretty Christian. Okay. It was Jesus and. You know, is he the vampire? Cause no. He, he rose and... That would be actually kind of cool. The blood. And, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, good. Zombie. All right, anything else to discuss about this book? I just thought, like, it wasn't really, like... It was like reading someone's, like, nano novel. Like, it was, yeah, it was it just was. real bad. It was at least, like, I didn't find that many typos. Yeah. Which is true. I mean, yeah. Which one would you choose, Alana? Flame in the Arrow or... Wings of Desire. Oh, I think I would choose Wings of Desire mostly because it was so short. And Flame of the Arrow was four hundred <laughs> pages of that nonsense. God, it was so awful. Uh-huh. But remember how there was like contextual problems <sighs> with Flame of the Arrow? God, and this one doesn't have any technical like contextual problems. Like it follows a storyline. Yes, it makes no sense, but it follows it. <laughs> They don't actually repeat an action. I mean, and we don't know enough about the main guy. The main guy isn't necessarily as disgusting as the main love interest in Flame in the Air. Oh my god. Like, he was the worst. It's (laughs) so bad. It's probably a good thing that we did not spend time (laughs) with Colonel Sanders. Yeah, I think that we, if we were to get to know him, I mean, he pretty much seduces a random bar maiden, right? Like... Mm -hmm. You know. Who's a duchess. Yeah. Or yeah. was a day away from becoming a duchess. I don't remember what her <laughs> she is. She's a lady. She, well she, no, she's not. She's the daughter of a lord. She will yeah. one day be No. Well, I guess if if her dad died and Winston died, then she would be a lady. No, she's a lady if she's the daughter of somebody who's a lord. Mm. No matter who she marries. But uh, she's not necessarily a duchess. She's a whatever. Yeah, like is. I said, she's a day away from being a duchess. It's true. That that actually is a great title for a romance novel. <laughs> day away from duchess. Day. Yeah, it was uh, quickly written, and um, I wish there was more romance in it. Yeah. I wish there was more chicken references in it. I wish there was like puns, man. We missed out on all the puns. No puns available. Yeah, it was like, it was a little bit disappointing as a piece of fandom, you know? <laughs> we have high standards here. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like it might have been written to not have any KFC stuff in it, and then the author was like, hey, can I put some KFC stuff in it? And they're like, yeah. And then she didn't get to it. <laughs> I I feel like it was written where um, they were sitting around in their, like, marketing boardroom or something and they were like what should we do next what should we do next 
I know, it's Mother's Day. We could write a romance novel. It'll be so great. We'll have puns in it, and then it'll talk about dukes and whatever the fuck they talk about in romance novels. And then somebody's like, yes, do that. You have next week. <laughs> so I, <laughs> I think that they wrote a up. skeleton version of this, and then they approached several different companies and said, you know, like, hey, insert your intellectual property here. <laughs> and so... <laughs> Do you think they they like approached Wendy's with Madeline's Ooh. character first? Yeah, <laughs> That's an or like idea. Frosted Flakes, Ronald with Tony McDonald, the Tiger. <laughs> yeah, I think Ron- Yeah, you easily could have written this novel with Ronald McDonald. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very true. You would only need like a couple of extra lines about how like his hair was even more red than Kiva's. He <laughs> <laughs> had a really pale face. <laughs> <laughs> really big shoes. <laughs> Would you uh, call them comically large? Possibly. It could be. Could be. <laughs> I mean, you could do this with Jared from Subway, but... He's in jail, isn't he? Nope. Nope. Nope, nope. nope. Okay. So we're going to switch gears now and talk about some of the other books that we're reading. Um, okay. And I think I will go first. I am reading right now Banana, The Fate of the Fruit That Changed the World by Don Koppel. Um, And it is a micro history. I'm reading it for a book club with my mom. As we've previously discussed, I'm in a thousand book clubs. And I am already mm-hmm. learning a bunch of different stuff. For example, one of the things I've learned is that the banana has a flower and that flower is purple. Hmm. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, fancy. And the banana is also the the uh, the fruit of the plant, and it has no seeds in it now. But that's because the version of the plant we have now is actually sterile. Mm. It's supposed to have like these really thick seeds in it, but we've managed to bleed breed a type. Interesting. The third thing I've learned what? about a banana is you know how people are freaking out about how our version of the banana is going extinct. From a virus? Uh-huh. Well, the truth of the matter is this is not the first banana we've we've had. And there was actually a previous version of banana that they had um, up until about 1920 or 1930 that every that was the dominant banana that was much bigger oh, yeah. and much more banana tasting. And that one went to extinct. So this is not the first time this has happened to us. Weird. Hmm. Well, My sister told me that um, all banana flavors are related to that banana and not this banana yeah yeah because there's actually um if you go to like um india um uh bananas are much more flavorful and there's like hundreds of different types of bananas and then if you go actually to parts of africa specifically uganda the banana is really super non-flavorful and tastes more like a potato oh yeah plantains not necessarily plantains but related to plantains oh. Plantains also like plantains, um, are just a different type. But yeah, so they're much more potato-like. Starchy. I really appreciate, Alana, that you finally answered the question for me about whether or not a banana is a fruit or a vegetable. So thank you. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> they have no seeds. Well, they're not really anything. They're like a... Oh, it's, a, it's, a, it's a giant... It's flesh. A giant seed. A flesh tubule. Flesh, flesh tubule. <laughs> it's disgusting. Never say flesh tubule again. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty gross. Matt, what are you well, reading? That was, that was fungicational. <laughs> fungicational. Right there. Yeah, you can learn more from this book. I am about a quarter of the way through it, and I've learned a lot about bananas so far. Great. Uh, I'm reading, uh, oh, I just recently finished reading One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest by Ken Kesey. Um, I did not know very much about it, except that they made a really successful movie in the 70s that Jack Nicholson started to be crazy in. Um, mm, yeah. I really liked the book, though. I thought that it had a lot of really good and interesting ideas about, like, what does it mean to be free? Uh, and how does society, you know, act on that? Uh, So it's about all of these characters in um, an asylum uh, with varying degrees of problems, uh, some permanent and some not, and um, how they at first subject themselves to the system and then rebel against the system. Um, And yeah, I just thought that it was a really good and frank discussion of, you know, what different power situations and what mental illness means. I thought it was good. Highly recommend it. 
That's great. Um, did you, Have you ever watched a movie? No, Alana's going to watch the movie with me uh, at some point in the near future. It's good. It's sad. Yeah, see, that's what I hear about it. The book is sad, too. Uh, I bet. The guy that wrote that was on LSD when he wrote it. You betcha. <laughs> you betcha. <laughs> well, so the, 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 the novel is told from the first, pers- uh, first person from um, one of the crazier characters in it. And he has um, delusions and hallucinations. And they read very really? much like LSD hallucinations. I did not know that it was that it was the perspective of an unreliable narrator. Yeah, I yeah, thought it yeah, would be he, the Jack Nicholson guy. No, no, it's uh, the the Indian uh, chief oh. chief Bromden, chief Broom. That is fascinating. And so he he describes how like people turn into rabbits as he watches, or how they grow, you know, three times their normal size, and it's very interesting. <laughs> that is great. You may have made me interested in that book. So excellent success. What are you reading? Um, I am reading right now. I'm reading when breath becomes air, which I'm trying not to be a downer about. (laughs) It's for my book club and it's, it's a downer. It's about a guy who, um, has cancer and he's dying while he writes it. And he's also like a neuroscience, neuro surgeon. So he knows all this shit. So shit's starting to get real. And I'm like, if I cry buckets from this, I'm going to be really pissed. <laughs> but also, I read White Hot right before that. Mm. Um, and that is the second book to Alona Andrews' Hidden Legacy series. And it was fantastic. I'm so excited for the third one. Nice. Oh my god. Yes. Um, just one one spoiler right here. Ferret spies. <laughs> ferret spies. Little little cameras on ferrets. You just so like the ferrets aren't making it. reports themselves. They just are carrying the recording device. It's like Mission Impossible with ferrets. Hmm. Like. Like claw- crawling through air ducts and that kind of stuff. So you'd recommend Fantastic. that series? Because I haven't started that one yet. Hell yeah. But you've read it's a lot so of uh, Andrews before, haven't you? Yeah, yeah. We read them in We had a club. whole... Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a little creepy stalker podcast. Yeah, all last those last time. podcasts was all about how much we like Alana Andrews. Oh. Yeah. But that's it. Cool. Well... For this, for um, for next book club, we are headed to the West. Um, we are going to read <laughs> Immortal Cowboy by Alexis Morgan, which is Harlequin, Harlequin Nocturne number 182. Hopefully we haven't missed anything in the beginning books of that. And it's also Vampire number six. I'm going to imagine it's the sixth uh, vampire. Well, that's a spoiler. Now we know how the cowboy came to be immortal. <laughs> All right. No, it's a ghost thing, though. It's a, it's a Isn't ghost. Isn't the synopsis as he's a ghost? I thought he was a ghost, but maybe he's not. All right, here we go. Haunted by desire. When Rayanne's favorite uncle leaves her in a secluded mountain cabin in his will, she feels an instinctive pull to the place and to the ghost town. Get it? Because it's a ghost. But, but is, is he drawn to by a love of history or is the memory of the mysterious stranger whose ice blue eyes haunt her dreams since she was a girl? She soon discovers her destiny and the brooding gunswingers are intertwined. Wyatt carries the burden of a dark past and Rayanne is the only one that can bring him to peace. But give, but to give him the release he needs, she may need to sacrifice the most powerful love she's ever known. Oh, she'll give him the release he needs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And, and the front <laughs> is the like first thing I so <laughs> cowboy. I mean, I just can't even. Okay, I see why you guys yeah. think ghost because it does say ghost town and uh, she can bring him peace. But it's vampire number six. So <laughs> Maybe he's a ghost vampire, okay? Uh. Those can exist probably. <laughs> yeah, look and see if there's an FAQ that uh, if, see if someone asks, is it a ghost book or a vampire book? Uh, or a ghost vampire book. Yeah, a ghost vampire book. Well, whatever it is, there's going to be a cowboy in it. All right. Cowboys. I don't think I've even read a cowboy in recent past. Yeah. Alana and I have both read uh, Lonesome Dove by Larry McMurtry, which 
is a perfect five for me on yeah. Goodreads. It's one of the so, best books I've ever read. Yeah. Oh, man. Oh. So if you that. want a good cowboy story, that is it. Yeah. That's like, I think, the quintessimal Western. That, um, Abs- that's what breathed life into the Western genre. Yeah. I, ju- I can't. <laughs> I have yet to find someone who's read Lonesome Dove all the way through and... and and doesn't love it. It's really long, though. It's like, what, like 500 pages? It is 790 pages yeah, as exactly. a paper. Oh, my it's God. It's very long. It's very long, but it's very lush. Probably it's epic. such a lush book. And they, uh, Larry McMurtry wrote three other novels in that world, uh, two prequels and a sequel. Uh, and I read those, and they are varying degrees of not as good. Um, but there's more <laughs> content there if you fall in love with it and you want to like have more time with the characters. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. That's a real good book. If you, if you want to read a 780 page book or whatever it, it is. I do all the time. It is really, it's just a great book. It's sure. a, it's apparently what inspired Cormac McCarthy to, you know, like publish novels. Mm-hmm. Hmm. That's great. Well, thank you, Matt, for being our special guest. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Um, so thank you, our listeners, for, for listening to Getting Lit, available every third Sunday on iTunes. Our next podcast Woo-hoo. will be available Sunday, September 17th, and which, which you can find out about this immortal cowboy who may or may not be also a vampire. We don't know. Mm-hmm. If you want to learn more about our love of romance novels, you can check out Wendy's site at GwenWendy.com. That's GwenWendy.com. You can also follow Alana on Twitter at Library Alana. Thank you, Wendy, for continuing to do this podcast with me. <laughs> Thank you, Alana. <laughs> Thank you. Vienna Alana's podcast. Wendy and Alana's podcast. Get literary, get literary. Woo!